Welcome to another episode. My name is Jose Naharo, and today we are going to start the video game stock series, starting off with EA Games and their earnings for quarter one that they reported in July 2019. Like always, I have my buddy Bull Solo and Darth Bear ready to keep track of how the company is doing. I collected so much information and I'm so excited for these next three videos. I'm going to do EA Games, ATVI, and TTWO. So first, like always, just to let you guys know where I've collected this information. Information was taken from EA's investors website, and I also use Seeking Alpha for transcript on their earnings calls and any other news outlets I pulled out from Seeking Alpha. So let's start off right off the bat. Revenue earnings per share are actually 25 cents, but if you take a look at their 10Q report, it's gonna show 4.75, $4.75. I'll talk about this in a bit. Earnings per, earnings per share surprise beat was 24 cents by a beat by 24 cents. Revenue, actual revenue was 743 million. And again, in the 10Q report, it shows that's $1.2 billion. And I'm going to get to talk about this later on. But revenue surprise beat was by $24.5 million. So right off the bat, we can see Bull Solo gets a point because the company did beat, meet, met, and beat expectations. So like I said, I was going to talk about why the revenue, um, why revenue in the 10Q report is different from the revenue shown here. So the company went along and started this thing called net bookings. So net bookings is when they, the company collects the total revenue collected this quarter. So like we see here, the total quarter was $1.2 billion of revenue. But they subtract any, any deferred net revenue, online sales, or mobile platform fees. So then they get net bookings. So net bookings are only items that have been sold this quarter. It doesn't take part, it doesn't take, it doesn't take account any revenue collected in previous quarter, any deferred revenue collected in previous quarter. So again, this is pretty good. I think this is pretty good that the company is doing this because it does give an improved transparency into their business. It shows them exactly what they're selling per quarter. Unfortunately, one thing we can see is net bookings compared to the same time last year. So 2019, three months ended on June 30th. This year was $743 million. Last year was $749 million. So that's definitely not a good thing to see comparable sales um, be flatlined like that. And that for that reason, Darth Bear gets a point. This is one of the first times Darth Bear has gotten a point so early on. But here we can see net bookings were 743 for the million. Driven by sales related related to FIFA Ultimate Team, Ultimate Team, The Sims 4, and Apex Legend. It is also good to note that live service grew 54 million or 12% year over year, primarily due to Apex Legend and The Sims 4s, and partially offset by Battlefield 1. So I'm going to talk about what this live service is in a few, but it's good that even though total revenue has flatlined. They are seeing, for this quarter compared to last quarter, they are seeing increase in life service, um, in their life service department. And we also get to see here, right, that Apex Legends and The Sims 4 are pretty strong for this company. These are two big, big items for the company EA Games. So before we continue, I do want to talk about a few tax events that they mentioned. During the three months ended in June 30th, three separate tax events occurred. So these three happened, they did some internal transfers of its intellectual property rights to Swiss, where EA's international business is headquartered. 
There was also uh, expense required EA to record a tax euro, and there was a referendum that was passed in Switzerland, which will change the Swiss income tax rates once enacted. So all this, it doesn't really matter what, what all these means, the results are the most important thing. As a result of these events, EA expected to recognize an income tax benefit of $1.7 billion, or 5.61 cents of earnings per share during the whole year of 2020 until, um, until March 31st of 2020, that's when their quarter four ends. EA at this moment for this quarter recognized $1.8 billion of that income benefit during these three months. So that's why that $1.8 billion, that's why we see if we go back and take a look at earnings per share, earnings per share shows as 4.75 in 10Q report, but in actuality, it's only 0.25. That extra 4.5 in earnings per share was due to, the, um, was due to this income tax, income tax tax events that they were able to realize these, these amount. And obviously, right, they, they got a benefit of $1.7 billion. You don't see that in the revenue. You see that in the, in the tax earnings before income taxes sheet and all the expenses there. But it's good to know. And then next quarter, I think they get the, for quarter two, they realize the next $620 million. And that's something we're going to talk about again later later on in the episode. So now I wanted to break down. Um, so right now we have one point for Darth Bear and one point for Bull Solo. Next, I want to take a look at how the revenue is broken down by sector. So here we can see, I just wanted to show you this, but this is not the true way I want to take a look at this company. So here, PC and console and mobiles are all pretty strong. We can see the huge majority of the game sales come of net bookings come from console systems. So that's 396 of that 701. So about 55 to 60% comes from consoles. The other come from PC. PC and others probably takes about the high 20s, while mobile take mid-teens or low 20s. So next, I want to take a look at, this is the sector I want to really take a look at how revenue is breaking down. So first, we have full game downloads. So this includes revenues from digital sales of full games on consoles and PC. Then they have live service, which includes revenue from sales of extra content for consoles, PCs, and browser games. So this is like when we play, whenever you play some game with Apex, if you buy skins, if you buy skins or if you buy different guns, and you're paying an extra fee to buy that after you bought the game. This is where we see live. Um, this is that extra content that we see in live services. Game software license to third-party publishing partners who distribute their games digitally. They also collect revenue from there. And subscription and advertising. So some of their free-to-play games they do have advertising, and some games they do have subscription-based. Like they do own Star Wars: Age of the Old Republic, which is a monthly subscription-based. So all these are collected in live service. Next, they have mobile the mobile revenue, which includes revenue from sales of full game and extra content on mobile phones and tablets. Finally, they have packaged goods, packaged good net revenues, which includes revenue from net revenue from game software sold physically to traditional channels such as brick and mortar. So this is if you go to GameStop, eBay, if you go to GameStop, if you go to, if you go to even Amazon.com and you order a physical game, it's going to be included in packaged goods. And also software licensing revenues from third parties. So this is an example of OEM bundles. So you know when you go buy a PlayStation 4 and it says PlayStation 4, but it has a bundle that includes that EA game. They include that in packaged goods. So next here, we're going to see EA's digital net booking. So remember, EA had a total of $743 million. 
All right, so here in the next slide, we're looking at digital net bookings by compositions, and these are the sectors I really want to divide EA games into, right? I don't care if it's they sold it by console or if they sold it by PC. I really care about how they're actually making their money from what specific service. So here we can see it's broken down with what I mentioned earlier, full games, live service, and mobile. These are all digital, and this consists of $701 million of that $743 million. So that means only $42 million were made from physical sales. That's actually pretty crazy numbers to know. And to see it like this, it shows you, it shows you how, much this, how much video games actually sell. But let's compare full game downloads, 75 million digital full game downloads compared to 44 million of package, package games. But that's not, that's not only, that's not include only package physical games. It also includes physical software downloads when you go and buy like the card that shows hey get ea points um get ea money for uh, the gift cards that include that's counted in the package but it's pretty impressive to see that um digital sales are what makes this company run one thing i don't like here and it, i i'm gonna have to give a point to darth bear and this is because look at how this revenue section is broken down 75 million dollars so about 10 percent of total revenue is full games download 504 million dollars of that 743 come from live services so this is extra content subscription and advertisement that's such a huge portion and i i, I don't I, I don't know why i don't like when a company has so much writing into one specific section all right, so what if people stop buying in-game content? So that's that's why Darth Bear here gets a point. That 504 million is, is too big, in my opinion. It's good to see a healthy increase here. In quarterly, we're seeing a healthy increase in revenue. So that's definitely a great thing. But to see it mainly be happening in live services. And we can see here, right, 22% down year-over-year -year growth in full game downloads. 12% increase in live service and 17% down in, in mobile. And even though those down are such huge factors, they're all high double, they're all double digits, 22, 17%. Even though just because live services is such a huge number, it's 12% growth, the company overall still grew 1% year over year growth. And then just so you guys get to see, this is the selective live services and mobile. So select the live services, they have NBA's Ultimate Team, they have FIFA's Ultimate Team, FIFA Online, Madden 19 Ultimate Team, Battlefront, Apex, Atheon, Sims 4, Star Wars The Old Republic, Pogo, UFC, Battlefront, Origin Axis Premier, and then Mobile, they have a lot of other games. One other thing, Plants vs. Zombies, FIFA, Bejeweled Star, so I didn't know Bejeweled was them, any NBA, NFL, or NHL games. Tetris, The Simpsons, and Star Wars games, and Sims games. So they do have a huge variety of sector going on here. So now some game future updates. So during the quarter, FIFA Ultimate Team had more than 3 million players logging in daily during the team of the season and game events. During the quarter, the Sims 4 expansion packs and game pack download increased 55% year over year. At quarter end, Star Wars Galaxy of the Heroes had nearly 80 million players live to date. Season 2 and Apex Legends began on July 2nd, and on July 24th, EA Access launched on PS4. So we can see this company is ha has a huge amount of players. And one thing I do like that they're doing is that they match real-life 
real life world events to their game events. So during the Team of Seasons in-game event, most likely something was happening in the real world FIFA. And we'll get to see that a bit more. So these are some of the games coming out. So quarter one, there were no new titles. Quarter two, they have FIFA, Madden, Madden, NHL, and Sea of Solitude. Most of these are for console and PC. For quarter three, they do have a huge selection again. NBA, Need for Speed, Plants vs. Zombies, and Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order. All these, again, great games. I'm not much of the sports fans, but I do, I do enjoy Need for Speed, Plants vs. Zombies, and Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order. Quarter 4 shows no new games either. So we'll continue with some more um, game updates. Esports, um, we'll talk about esports. Esports will bring new drive. They do believe that, we'll talk about more game updates. So they do believe that esports will bring new drivers of social interactions and competition to the Apex ecosystem. Interest for, from teams, broadcast partners, and sponsors is still very strong. They did have a great success with their first event, including a competition at the ESPYS that would broadcast on ESPN and ABC. So this is pretty good, right? I do like to know that this company is, again, going and following teams in esports. Esports is definitely growing at the moment, and it's great to see that this company is moving to that direction. They do plan to bring Apex Legends to China, and the worldwide mobile launches are also on course, and they will share more on their plans in the future. In EA Sports portfolio, franchises like Madden, FL, and FIFA are delivering for core fans, innovating to reach new players and leading a growth in esports. And they're doing this because, like, looking first at Madden FL, they continue to deep year round engagement in the franchise. Live service events and tie-in content, like I mentioned, right? They tie in content. They tie in content with the NFL draft while the game was happening. They tried it, they tied in that live event to NFL 19 in quarter one. And they saw they did see an increase in, in players' engagement during that time. There's also an increase in Madden NFL esports also continue to drive growing viewership. So they're, like I said, they're focusing on esports. They're focusing on real-life events to be able to get their customers to engage with them. They are also partnered with all 34 NFL teams, and they are matching live events to the NFL season. And they're welcoming major sponsors, including Pizza Hut, Snickers, Starbucks, and finally the latest season of their fan favorite NFL Madden mobile game launches tomorrow, which was the day after this transcript call. Finally, mobile continues to grow with opportunity for them. Live service are a key aspect of the mobile business with franchises like Madden Mobile, FIFA, and The Sims continue to drive strong ongoing engagement. The Sims 4 continues to be one of the great owned IP success stories on their portfolio, and they are planning for fiscal year 20 to be their biggest year yet of new content. Then, so they, Sims 4 is definitely being good, it's doing good, and we saw earlier that Sims 4 was a huge reason that they were able to have a nice return on, on revenue, right? Sims 4 and Apex were a huge reason for that. So this is super smart what they did. In early May, they did a one-week promotion to download the base game for free. Almost 7 million players downloaded the game during that time. So they gave them the base game for free. They, they get the customers to enjoy the game, and then they sell them the expansion packs, and this is that live service. So also, based on their game updates, I think it's really good how the company is going. They're, one, they're, doing, they're definitely promoting into esports, which is good. They're also tying real-life events to their game events, which, which in, in gets bigger engagement from their customers. 
That's pretty smart. They're also moving into mobile platforms and understand that that's where they are. Live service is a key aspect. That's another great thing. And they are that great. The what I mentioned about Sims 4, how they let the how they let people download the base game for free, and about seven million dollars downloaded the game. And they know that they're going to be releasing more content for Sims in this upcoming year, so they'll have more sales. And this is super smart. So, and for that reason, Rule Solo gets another point. So I think it's actually two two right now. Um, this is actually the first time that Dark Bear has has really taken any points. Um, has really taken any points from the previous companies we've taken a look at. Shareholder returns. So EA purchased 3.2 million shares for 305 during this quarter, bringing a total of 11.9 million shares for, for $1.19 billion during the trailing 12 months. They have about $1 billion available in their buyback program as of, as of now. So now next we're going to take a look at that. This company does not have a huge debt, and that's, Pretty impressive. That's one thing I always like to see: a company that has low, a uh, low debt. So this company, same time last year, had nine hundred and ninety-five. No, same time last quarter. So last quarter, quarter four of two thousand and nineteen, they had nine hundred and ninety-four million dollars of debt, which are pretty much just senior notes. Right now, it's actually one million dollar higher at nine hundred and ninety-five million. But this company doesn't have to pay anything until. 2021 so this is three and that's a 3.7 percent 3.7 percent senior notes due in 2021 that's such a low interest rate and that's so far ahead the next one is 400 400 million are due on 2026 really 2026 that and that's a 4.8 percent loan again these numbers are nothing they're pretty pretty low numbers and they have such a long time to pay them so for this reason, Bruel Solo gets a point, right? This company definitely does not have to worry about any long-term debt. And this company does seem like it can withhold through a bad time in the economy. So I don't remember putting this slide, the dark side. Oh, do you guys feel that? Feels cold in here. Feels dark. Evil. I can hear Dark Bear talking. What if Apex doesn't do as good as expected? If a competitor releases a new game, what if people get bored of Sims, your best item in your portfolio? What if esports begins to slow down? What if upcoming games fail? Life service is 68% of your digital revenue. What if slowdown happens? People might still buy games, but they will stop buying extra content. That is true, right? What if all this happens? This are the risk of buying EA games. And there's always risk into buying any company. So it's always good to know what's wrong with the company or what can go wrong with the company. And that's one reason I have Dark Bear with me. He lets me know straight what if. What if all this happens? And they are what is. But in reality, they do, ha they do happen. What if esports as a whole just slows down? I mean, it's almost it's, the chance of it happening is not, it's not high. But what if it does? What if upcoming games fail? What if they're... Their Star Wars game that they're releasing in November does poorly. What if people just, what if we have a slowdown in the economy? People might still buy games, but they're most likely going to slow down in subscription base or they might slow down in buying in game content. They're like, there's certain things that get cut out pretty quickly when, when, when there's a slowdown in the economy. And I, in my opinion, I feel like life service is there. 
I'm happy Darth Bear is here with us because he lets us know how it is. So now we are going to take a look now that we know about all these risks. Let's take a look at the outlook based on the company. So the company I highlighted the most important net revenue and net booking. Remember, the most important thing I want to take we want to take a look at is net bookings because net bookings is is what the company sells throughout that year, right? It doesn't include deferred revenue. So net bookings, they do say at $5.1 billion compared to $4.95 billion last quarter, last year. So that's a good. We're seeing an increase in out in by an in, in outlook based on the company year to year. But still, for um year 18 was one of their best, and they're still not there. But it's still good. We're seeing that uptrend. We're seeing they, they expect 3.95 billion to be digital, 1.15 to be off package. And like I said, we broke that down. Gross profit is increasing 75.3, they do expect, and operating cash flow is gonna be positive 1.575. Again, that seems to be pretty in line with how they're normally at. So they are providing a positive operating cash flow, which is pretty good. So outlook based on the company, it doesn't look that strong, but it doesn't look that weak. So I'm definitely not gonna give a point to either of these at the moment, right? It's pretty, um, we can see there's really no, there's no real reason to give a point to anywhere. If anything, you, I might give a, like a point zero one point to Bull Solo because it is increasing over time. All right, we have a flat operating cash flow. We have a positive increase in gross profit and increase in revenue. So now let's take a look. They they breaking down the outlook based on on the quarters, right? So they gave us guidance phasing. So they say fifteen percent of the bookings is supposed to come from quarter one, and that those were actual numbers. So that was the 765 million collected, 24%. So these are numbers we should take a look at in future quarters to see if the company's actually meeting this. So right, so they say next quarter, quarter two, they're gonna expect $1.2 billion of net booking. Quarter three, they're gonna collect almost $2 billion of net booking. And quarter four, they're gonna collect $1.2 billion of booking again. So if any of these, if quarter two does not have these numbers, then that would be bad for the company. And obviously quarter three is always the strongest because right, that's during Black Friday sales. That's before, that's during holiday sales. So that's why we see that huge 38% going on there. But yeah, this is good to know. And this is why I love making these PowerPoints presentations because next quarter I'll be able to take a look back at this and see if the company fluctuated with anything or if things are changing with what they believe will happen. All right, so next we're gonna take a look at outlook based on analysis. So for 2020, the analysis believe that this company is gonna have a 4.6 earnings per share, which will give us a forward PE ratio of about 19.27 when this when this video was taken. I think right now, um, when I took the screenshot, but I think it did go up about 2% yesterday. So it might be like 20 something, 20.0 PE ratio. For March 2021, this company guesstimates a 5.1 earnings per share with a forward PE ratio of about 17 to 18 right now, depending on how, how the stock is. Annual revenue, they do estimate revenue to increase. This quarter will be 5.2 billion. This year will be 5.2 billion. Next year, they expect an increase to 5.5 billion. So we can see this company is still a growing company, and that's good. And for that reason, I am giving Bull solo a point, right? We're seeing growth in this company and we're seeing a decrease in forward PE ratio. So the final slide is what should I value this company at? And I think this is the hardest thing for any investor. 
So the best thing to do, how I would value it is, is first, I would take a look at its peers and look what their forward P.E. ratio is at. Next, I would want to take a look at revenue growth uh, of the company. But that's, that's going to be later on in, the, in this episode, so in this series. So we'll take a look at that later on. And then I'll take a look at past data from how this company fluctuates. And then based on everything what I saw, I would, I would be within that range. And I would, be, I would say what I would be comfortable with. What P/E ratio would I pay for this company? So right, EA right now has a forward P.E. ratio of 20.06. ATVI has a forward ratio of 22.39. TTWO has a forward P.E. ratio of 27.3. So we can see, right, on average, it, it, it probably goes somewhere between, it, it's not difficult to say that anything between 18 to 30 is where the video games P.E. ratio fluctuates around. Now let's take a look at EA's past data. So this is EA's past data and I can see this collected was from lazyfa.com, a great website. On average, the PE for EA fluctuates between 20 to 30%, which is almost similar to that fluctuation we see in the video game segment. So based on everything we saw, I personally would be okay paying for anywhere between the 18 to 22.5 PE ratio for this company based on their 2021 earnings per share. So right, since I'm Basing it on their 2021 earnings per share, I, I reduced my range, my P.E. ratio range, and I also lowered it to that 18 to 22.5. So this is where I would feel comfortable. So anywhere between these levels, I would feel comfortable buying this stock. So 114 would be the most I would pay for this company, and I would buy a nice amount below anywhere below 92. So anywhere between 92 and 114, I would, I would buy a bit of this company as we continue to see later on how the quarters grow. So if 114 was the most I would pay, that's probably the price range I would sell it at the company. So I would give it like a 115 price range. And so anywhere between there, from there to 115 is where I would buy, right? So anything below 92 would be a huge, huge gain, um, huge opportunity that I see for this company in the long term, right? Things fluctuate up and down. So these are for long-term investment values. So I hope you guys enjoyed these episodes. I really learned a lot from EA Games just watching these this videos, and I hope you did too. So make sure to subscribe. Let me know what you guys thought. Take care, guys, and see you next time.